0: Today, we have my aunt and uncle, Phil and Kim Parker, and I have the privilege of talking to them because they are both professional music teachers. Phil, as a professor of music, what is the best advice you offer to students pursuing a career in music after college?
1: Well, I'd say uh, certainly if you were wanting to uh, pursue music as a uh, profession, that uh, you have a passion for it and certainly a talent for it. The other uh, thing that I advise to nearly all of my students is to pursue a degree in music education because this allows you uh, to also have certification in teaching. Some people say, well, I'm really not interested in teaching, but I see students change their mind when they're a junior or a senior in college and they decide that they're uh, uh, maybe they are interested in that, and well, now, now they've got to go pursue another year of school to make that up. So music education, uh, where I teach at Arkansas Tech University, we are prim- primarily a music education department, and um, if our students want a job, we place 100% of them uh, just about every That's year, they're, they're able to find, uh, job and that's a pretty important thing.
0: That's a wonderful ratio uh, too.
1: (laughs) That's those are my two uh, the two things that I uh, usually make sure that a student uh, can answer those questions and in that way.
0: Wonderful. What is your favorite course to teach?
1: Well I teach uh, several academic courses. I have a music I have two music theory uh, classes a, uh, an orchestration class, an ear training class, uh, my instrument is percussion, so I have a not only percussion students, but a percussion class and a percussion ensemble, and then I have a music history class that is uh, music from uh, late uh, 19th century through the present, and that I say would say is my favorite class to teach because I uh, as a composer and just in general, I love uh, music of the 20, 20th and 21st century and uh, the students, other than, you know, band music or maybe just popular music, uh, music of, of the last century and this century, they're not all that knowledgeable about. Right. Uh, you know, if you mention, uh, uh, well, who's, who's considered the foremost uh, classical composer of in America of the 20th century, and you know, most music majors, well, you know, they're kind of stumped. You know, well, I don't know. So
0: know? who would you say? And
1: so, well, I mean, <laughs> the, the the conventional answer to that is Aaron Copeland. That's what I would have guessed. But uh, but as, you know, in high school, they don't really have much connection with that no. um, music unless they play in an orchestra. Uh, and when they get to college, um, they're beginning to get introduced to those, uh, to more classical music, but this particular course uh, focuses in more detail uh, on uh, music of the 20th century primarily, and um, they just find that they just love so many uh, things that they listen to. I've got an extensive listening list, so uh, they're able to um, you're able to expose them to, to music that they really just haven't heard Yes. Before. And one of the, the things that seems, one of the styles that seems to be so um, uh, popular is uh, minimalism. So okay. Steve Reich, Philip Glass, John Adams, and, and they're just like suddenly turned on to that, which was a kind of a, you know, 60s, 70s, right. 80s uh, era music and a style of music that you hear in commercials, in movies, in uh, okay. band music—I mean, the influence of that style—I I think also is why they're they're kind of into that very beginning of of some of the techniques that were used yes. in minimalism, and so they hear—I mean, that's familiar to them, and it's not the uh, you know the atonal music that we. Think of modern music, you know, right. bang on the drums and, <laughs> oh. and, and uh, yeah, blast on the trumpets and so forth, with, uh, without a key and that sort yes. of thing. Yes. So you know that, but they they really enjoy so exposing exposing them to to you know new types of music. New I music. think is, I enjoy that more than, than the other classes. And but I enjoy teaching percussion. I of course. I, I say, uh, maybe more than anything, but you said class. So yes, I well I was going to ask also,
0: um, how what drew you to percussion in the first place? How did you choose that as your... Well,
1: you know, I mean, I remember beating on pots and pans. Uh, lots of kids do that as a young child. But uh, when we moved to, uh, we moved from a small town in Kansas to Kansas City in 1963, and... In 1964, I would have been uh, 11, and a uh, seminal event happened in music, uh, popular music history in 1964, the Beatles oh, came yes. to America, and so... Uh, Kids my age were suddenly wanting to either play guitar or bass or drums. Or, right. I mean, you wanted to be Ringo or you wanted to be John or whatever.
0: So you wanted to be Ringo.
1: <laughs> and he was Ringo. It was saying, "That's what I want to do." And of course, it was like playing in a rock band. You know? Right. And then you right. eventually find out. Well, there's some steps to <laughs> learning uh, uh, to get to be able to play on a drum set. But right. that that was the original motivation for that. And then I began taking lessons and took lessons uh, up until um, my freshman year of college. I and mean, it wasn't really until my senior year of high school that I decided, you know, I think maybe I want to do this for a career. But That's
0: wonderful. Kim, what does a typical day look like for you as a school music educator?
2: Okay, well, I am a halftime assistant band director. That's my title. Um, and so I do four hours a day on that and then I teach my private students in between that but as far as the public school part of it um, I get up and I have a beginning flute class around 10:15 and so I go and do that and I love it I've gotten to do that the last two years um, and I've been teaching for 16 I think that's right oh, wow. 16 okay. but just now I'm getting to do that beginning flute class so I do that and then I That's at the middle school, and then I run over to the high school, and I work and assist with the band class, which is um, sophomores through seniors, and we have about 270, something like that, in the band. And so I do that, and then I um, actually teach a private lesson during lunch, and then I I have my prep time where I eat my lunch and prep for my music theory class, so I'm teaching the AP music theory um, class about seventh period. And I love doing that. And then I'm done as far as my school part because I'm just half-time there.
0: Right.
2: Um, but I teach a lot of private students, so um, I have like 21 of those. And so I'm able, our school district is so good about allowing me to teach during school. So That's I can take wonderful. them out of band, or like I said, I teach them during lunch time, And then I teach, you know, several after school. So my day is full but it's only half time with the school as far as the school district but then the rest then half of the time is half for time the private with studio private students. Well, that's actually a
0: nice a nice split then so you can kind of does. have the best of both worlds.
2: It does. And then I'm lucky because I can um, I since I don't really have too much I do teach some of my private students at 8 right before my other class. But on some days I'm able to practice during that time because I'm half time, so it gives me a little bit of that leeway.
0: That's helpful of having to a little
2: care. bit of that time that a lot of people that work full time and stuff like that don't have, because I'm really big on still practicing.
0: That's wonderful. Um, yes, sometimes that's inspiring for the others of us music teachers because we get so wrapped up in teaching our own right. students, sometimes we lose the chance to, to practice ourselves.
1: Tell, tell them what time you were practicing this Oh, last I will year. okay.
2: So this year and I started practicing at six thirty every morning. Oh wow. So I would practice six thirty to seven thirty. So what did Phil think of this? <laughs> he slept through it. Oh wow. Okay. Well,
1: I was Not really. Not
2: really. Yes, <laughs> yes. But it really actually worked out really well, but it was the only time with that many students and with my school schedule that I could practice and do it well. Yes. And I ended up loving it. You enjoyed having that extra half hour to to practice. I really did.
0: Now how many private students do you have right now?
2: 21.
0: Wow. Okay. So you you have a big studio and working at the schools.
2: Well, the thing is that since I started teaching the beginning flutes, I had 19 the first year and then I had 25 this last year. Um, With that first year when I had 19, well then some of those Ended up being really, really good, and I wanted to take them right as private students. So I ended up with six of those. Okay. Which in the past, yeah, I wouldn't be teaching them quite that early. Right. Seventh grade. Normally, I would start in with eighth grade. Okay. So that's so I ended up having a lot more than
0: normal. Yes, I was going to say you have a very full schedule. Yes. Yes. What drew you to the flute, as your well? This instrument? is funny
2: because um, as everybody in this household that I'm. You know, from the shears, start on violin.
0: Yes, that's my instrument. <laughs> yes, so
2: I started on violin, and I guess I cried at my lessons. Oh, no. <laughs> and so my mom switched me over to flute, and the rest is history. I was going to say, it sounds
0: like you enjoy it if you're yeah. still practicing when every I morning at 6.30. went to
2: Brevard Music Camp for two years in high school, that's what really made me decide, hey, I really want to do this.
1: Because I had thought oh. about being a
2: veterinarian, because I love animals, too. Oh, yeah. Uh, but I really, Brevard Music Camp really is what steered me toward oh, music That's wonderful.
0: Phil, I've had the privilege of performing several of your compositions over the years. I remember when you wrote a song to accompany one of the poems I wrote when I was a kid. I also particularly loved playing your work, "Merry Music, for my senior recital. Can you describe your creative process when you write, and what is your favorite composition? Well, creative process—that's—that's that's a hard thing to answer because
1: um, it's sometimes it's different from piece to piece. That makes sense. Uh, people talk about how do you come up with ideas and things, and right. Um, I guess there's a certain you know gift in it. That, oh, for sure. But uh, um, but I you know it's definitely my view that any musician, you know, has the ability to, to create music. Um, I try to have uh, my students in theory, uh, in ear training even, I try to have them also uh, do some composing, Right. experience something in the creative part yeah. of the art. So I've... For whatever reasons, about ninth grade, I we were I think we were playing a percussion ensemble in, in junior high school, and it was it had four or five people, drums and cymbals and stuff, and I kind of thought to myself, well, you know, I, I think I could write something yes. like this, you know, I, right. I was probably being a little more ambitious. Uh, my thinking at that point than I should have been but so I I actually tried you know to write some percussion things for maybe three four percussionists and and, um, and then as I just you know got more mature as a musician into high school I began to be interested then in band okay music right and so I would study uh, band scores during the lunch hour in high school, instead of going to the cafeteria and, right. and uh, eating lunch, I'd stay in the band room and I'd just gather up, usually scores that we were, uh, of the music we were playing, because I knew it, and just try to figure out, you know, well, how do they have this orchestrated, and you know, how's this the structured, and right. so it was just kind of a score study that I just took upon myself. Um, just out of that interest. And I actually wrote a, a short piece for Band when I was in high school. wasn't very good, but... None of our, oh, first, then, none of our
0: first compositions or no, attempts at writing are very good. The funny
1: thing, and, and I, we still have the manuscript from this, but I had the, the stems on the wrong oh, side wrong. of the note.
0: Oh, how funny. Yes, yes. Of course, nowadays
1: you could just use music software. And... Right. What's your favorite music <laughs> software? Well, I use Sibelius, but okay. Finale Sibelius it was are the two. Okay two big ones. Right. Uh at any rate, so <clears throat> as I got, you know, more mature um, as a musician, particularly getting getting into college, studying composition with Dr. Mays, Walter Mays, at Wichita State. Um then you start learning, you know, a lot of the the ins and outs of putting something together right. in music. So <clears throat> that creative process when you're not so uh, knowledgeable about the rudiments of music, you know, it's it's just, you know, you just try to do the best you can. Right. But as you learn, you know, more of the elements of music and then you have somebody to, to guide you, then you start to have a lot more focus on, you know, the academic part of it. Right. But where ideas come from and that, you know, it, it's hard to say, you know, you think about, you might be inspired by some other piece of music that you you don't want to copy it or something but you know it's thinking wow I really like what they're doing there or something in that piece of music and so you think you try to I mean all creative work in one way or another uh is draws upon the past yes right Uh, it's not you know uh, uh all uh composer great composers built on the composers of the past so yeah you listen to a lot of music And I think the more music you listen to, uh, that the more, that, that just informs your own, uh, knowledge, a broader, uh, perspective on, on, uh, music, music composition. So that makes you, I think, also a better composer just by doing a lot of listening. A lot of listening. So yeah, you're inspired by things and, Mm -hmm. um.
0: My poem when I was a little kid, The Stream. <laughs> I remember the you, stream, kind of, that was it. you were inspired by the little stream. Uh, thing, yeah, right, yeah, yeah.
1: You wrote this um, <laughs> piano piece. No, well, I, think you, wrote the, I wrote the you words, wrote the, the, and you, you wrote, wrote the piano You wrote piece. the poem. Yes. That's right, and I wrote the the music yes. to that. And then there was, was there something else that you had?
0: There may have been. Or and may, I know I, I played have, Mary Music. I think you wrote that well, for yeah, violin that was and a, piano.
1: That was a... Uh, Originally a violin piano piece. Now yes. that actually I turned into a clarinet violin piano trio. Oh, really? And that just took off. There were okay. a lot of people interested in so you think in of that it more trio. as a trio
0: probably now. Okay.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's it basically, I mean, I have it in my catalog as right. also a violin, so, but other than you and Valerie, I don't that's usually before. been the trio from... i mean there's okay. tons of violin literature i mean right. violinists aren't really necessarily interested in a piece that's that's you
0: know well we enjoyed it
1: of, well yeah i mean it, it was cute
0: that's nice but, to have it with the the clarinet because sometimes i haven't always found as but many the, the, yeah because tr- that's cause that a very common
1: trio clarinet okay. violin piano okay. a lot of good literature for that too but um they they've been That's so anyway, to wrap up all that, it it um, it's sometimes hard to to say exactly uh, what inspires you. Uh, certainly, other music, and then sometimes it could be. I have a piece uh, for uh, flute, piccolo, and percussion ensemble. Oh, nice. It's called When Fireflies Dance. And it was sitting out on the deck and watching these lightning bugs. Right. Mm-hmm.
0: Right. And I had
1: a commission. From, uh, Penn State oh, to wonderful. write a piece for right. uh, for that combination and so and i'm thinking well fireflies that you kind of a and so I came up with a little story you know and okay. so it's really a kind of a programmatic piece. i yeah, love right? programmatic
0: music so that is you know, musician that's yeah. another
1: thing you know you have that aspect of it or of course you can have words you, know, you set words to music right. right so all of those have different kinds of inspiration
0: yeah to them so fascinating Phil, who is your favorite composer? Kind of one of your biggest inspirations.
1: Uh, and this wasn't until I began studying composition formally. Uh, You know, in high school you have your favorite, uh, composers that wrote some band piece that you were (laughs) playing, you know. right. But, when you, uh, get, uh, begin to get some education in music, then you're able to, uh, perspective a little more. And I've always, uh, and I think partly because my composition teacher was also uh, used this composer uh, as an example uh, in form and structural, was Bela Bartók, a Hungarian Oh composer. yes!
0: I loved his Romanian so dances. He's,
1: yes, And as a string player, I don't think there's any more sophisticated writer for strings uh, in the 20th century oh, than, nice. than Bartók. He, yes. he just Phenomenal. I I string quartets, unbelievable. But, but he, uh, yeah, all of his works are amazing on many different levels. And, uh, and I have, you know, a, a pretty eclectic uh, collection of compositions. It could be something like merry music, very right. tonal and cutesy, and, yes. and then um, something that's. You know, pretty atonal for wind ensemble, right? The, you know, more uh, kind of up to date, right? Okay. In that sense, so. Uh, but, but you can hear sometimes certain little Bartokian things.
0: Okay. In your, in A few, in of, your, the, in in the few your...
1: of the things that I've done. Um, and, but he's yeah, and my favorite piece of his would you probably have to be the Concerto for Orchestra. My view it's probably even more so than the Rite of Spring, the most profound piece of the twentieth really? century. Yeah, I, I That's think incredible. I think there's uh, a number of people that feel that way. It's not it's not uh, really a particularly radical statement. People think of the Rite of Spring as you know. Yes. He, and of course, it was written uh, much earlier, uh, and certainly a landmark piece, but. Um, my taste. Uh, it's the bar talk, so. Nice, Wonderful.
0: All right, Kim and Phil, what is it like to be married to a fellow musician?
1: Go ahead.
2: All right, I'll go ahead. Well, there, it is wonderful, and you know, we've been married now 45 years. Wow. And uh, so from day one, I, I knew I wanted to marry him from the very first really? date. He didn't yeah. know that oh. uh, quite as soon, but but I did, and uh, I think the neatest thing about it is that we are so familiar with each other's lingo and our mm-hmm. the language of music. Yes. Um, he can understand how important it is for me to practice at 6.30 in the morning yes. or to keep going or just. The first year that I taught AP Music Theory, which was 16 years ago, we spent every single night together, him helping me. He had been teaching theory at that point, I don't know how many years. Right. Um, but a lot, and he was able to um, help me know what to teach, what not to teach, if we, if you teach this, this will take care of all of these other type rules in music theory, and we literally did that for the whole first year. And so I was able to do that with him because I was married to yeah, him. Yeah, you had a wonderful and resource he right so there. was so sweet about it. In <laughs> fact, like the next year I didn't really need as much, and we missed it, didn't
1: we? Yeah. Well, I think it was Leonard Bernstein said that music's not a vocation; it's a way of life.
0: Oh, I like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: And uh, we, I think, you'd be able to, as a couple, share that way of life.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes, know, is,
1: is, uh, exactly. Me. Now, I, I, <laughs> I know a, a couple that uh, I, you know, said something about. You know, I think it's nice when, when a, a couple shares the same profession. And they disagreed. They thought, oh, uh, you know, there's... I don't know what it was specifically, right. but they, they felt like... Oh, it depends uh, they, on the couple. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I guess maybe in that case that they were off doing their gigs and stuff and that maybe, you know, because they were uh, doing a lot of performing and apart from each other. Right. You know, that they, that they would uh, maybe think that that was keeping them from being together as Right. We're both we both mostly teach.
2: Right, right.
1: Um I you know played in uh, numerous orchestras and and uh Oh, well, we both were able to play in the Smith so, Symphony together for in that orchestra many years. I know
2: it's fun.
1: So yeah, uh, yeah right. And uh, so you know, we, we've always been
0: Well, thank you guys so much for being willing to thank have an interview for, today. Yes, yeah, we're honored. Yes. Well, can you share with us where can we find you and all you do online?
1: Uh, I have a very modest website that I've got a few uh, pieces, recordings of, of oh, pieces, wonderful. a couple of videos. We would love that. But uh, a bio and just you know some some place for somebody to go. Yes. You know, if they want to. Want that information, uh, and it's uh, Philip Parker, uh, and it'd be one L in Philip. Okay. Philip Parker, composer, is all one word. Uh, dot. Com.